It's the Stretch Four Podcast, your weekly look at hoops, hip hop, culture, and life. From me, Aaron Herzog. And me, known hater, Keenan Willis. What's up? It's a good time for hating, Keenan. It's a great time. It's a great time to hate. The funniest possible outcome just happened, as we spoke about last week, for the Boston Celtics. The best team to hate. Yeah, this really was a a dream. A dream uh, scenario. Crawling all the way back from down 3-0. Just to to lose to get stomped to get stomped at home, and to not even really like what what did we waste a handful of seconds? We wasted a a possession or two to really just take the air out of the arena. Uh, with with Tatum rolling like twenty seconds into the game, Tatum and just a perfect way to give Boston fans something to piss and moan about for. Uh, the entire offseason because precious little Jason Tatum rolled his ankle. Didn't even look that bad. I've rolled my ankle plenty of times in my life. That one, it looked like looked like something he Yeah. You know, maybe he wasn't a hundred percent, but sure. I'll I'll say this is I, I, I want to make it clear. I'm never rooting for anyone's injury. No, um, of course not. But at this stage in the postseason, I don't think there's a player on the floor that's a hundred percent, you know, physically. So, um, you know, it was just uh, the the humor for me was that it happened so quickly, and that it uh, it just immediately immediately sucked the soul out of the out of the room. Yeah, you know? it just it just put that it just put that little pit in the in their stomach. You know, that feeling mm-hmm. in the pit of their stomach that oh no, things might not go our way. After mm-hmm. getting so pumped, after yeah. just watching the 2004 World Series on repeat in their yeah in their in their houses all week, just getting ready for for to make history again, and then you know there's no there's no rug better to pull than than the Boston rug. Yeah, it's a shame they should have been watching the uh, the the Bruins Flyers series instead. Uh, I, even though even though they didn't blow that lead, I guess they they crawled their way back. They just couldn't complete it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a full on across the board hater. I can get behind I can get behind things, but I'm definitely a Boston hater. So it was nice to see them crawl back and then get stomped. Yeah, I mean this is the city is what it is, but like their their fandom is really what I enjoy uh hating because their fan base rather because they're so they're they're so entitled, you know? They've won so much. I would use they the word obnoxious. So <laughs> if you're going to, you know, nickname yourself, what is it like championship city or whatever, then, you know, you can't really complain when a is few that it? Don't go your it's way. not even, it doesn't even sound fun. Yeah. It doesn't sound it's not cool, even like, you know, title town. I guess somebody already, who took title town. That's that's green Bay, baby. Green Bay. Oh yeah. You can't be title town. If you're a one sport, if you're a one sport city <laughs> and you're not even a city, you're just like a, a field out in the middle of nowhere. It's also tough to be title town with one, one championship in the last 13 years or so, you know, that's yeah. But I guess when you win the first two, you're, you know, yeah, yeah, you could just, Hey, nobody else won. The trophy is named after your coach. So, yeah. So you can be title town. Also, you're not, yeah, you're not a city. Mm -hmm. You are a town. So you are kind of making fun of yourself. (laughs) 
That's a little fair. bit. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, to see, I I can't wait to see all the excuses Boston fans make for uh, for Tatum's rolled ankle that he could that he could that he missed no time. He rolled his ankle a little bit and then said he wasn't the same after, which he probably wasn't. But you know, sure. as as Sixers fans, I feel no sympathy as as a team who has not had a fully healthy uh, roster through the playoffs in their five year run. I have no problem criticizing Joel. If you're on the floor, you are you are open to to criticism. Sure, yeah, but uh, in you know the grand the the grand scheme of things, you know you can't really say you you can't really use that as as an excuse. No, know, no, or, not or, at all. Or cry and moan, but you know no. the the result we've been waiting for is here. We have we have. Uh, We've made it to the NBA Finals. No. The dreaded Miami Heat <laughs> versus Denver Nuggets NBA Finals. How are you feeling about the matchup? What do you think is going to happen? What do you hope happens? The the battle for uh to avenge Marquise Morris. I uh you know, it's uh it's interesting. So on the one hand, you would you would say that like Denver should win this walking away. But on paper. you've been counting Miami out all playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it what what worries me is that I still don't know that Denver has been tested in a truly like tactical battle if that makes sense. And that's no disrespect to Darvin Ham. Mm-hmm. That's no disrespect to, to Monty Williams. You know, that's, that's no disrespect to anyone else that they've played, but like, I don't know that. I don't know that they, they will have to adjust to any sort of counter punching um, in the way that they might have to adjust to, to what Spo will, will throw at them. Yeah. Um, he's and that's me best. giving him a lot of credit. But He's I think it's deserved. the best coach that they have that they have run into. Yeah. And and Mike Malone is no slouch. I'm not saying that Mike Malone can't handle that. I think I think Mike Malone is actually an underrated coach. But from uh, oh, um, he yeah, I think he is. And I think he's proving himself to be a a, you know, better coach than people might think. Or at least yeah. me. I say people, but I mean me myself. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> you know, he's, I definitely underrated him as a coach, but he is good. Uh, he's also just like. His attitude this playoff has been, I love it. I love the yeah. attitude he's bringing. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's bringing that we're being disrespected. Yep. He's, you know, he's calling out yeah. how the media is, you know, was just talking about the Lakers every time that, yeah. you know. And as uh, he should, as yeah. he should. I love it. I love, I, you know, I'm becoming, I'm becoming a fan this, this, this off season. My, yeah. My or this postseason. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a, He's a fun guy to get behind. Um, I liked, you know, back back when I would truly was just like blindly hating on Jokic. I was I, I wanted to attribute most of his uh, his success to Mike Malone, but um, <laughs> he's 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 a he's a good coach. But I think I think Spo is a different level of uh, of tactician than they face. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. I think he is. He doesn't have the quite the weapons to deal with. So the 
the Nuggets have had an interesting road to the finals. So they're the one seed. Uh, mm-hmm. So they played, you know, they played an eight seed in the in in the first round of the playoffs. You know, didn't didn't really face much of a much of a challenge there. No. But then they faced the Suns in the second round. You know, the the Devin Booker, Kevin Durant led Suns, which you know a lot of people thought might give them might give them uh, a little bit more of a of a uh, yeah more trouble and they definitely you know they took two games from them and they took two games handedly from them sure but the nuggets were able to make the adjustments from which is kind of a good sign for the nuggets right they got handed their ass twice in that series and they were able to make the adjustments bounce back and win the series in six then they played the lakers a strong team uh and they swept them even though all four games were close so well, it's like, yeah, and and you you remember after that like game one like you know all oh, the Lakers figure something out, and that was the the narrative like down the stretch defensively they made the adjustment and and it was how is Denver going to respond to that and I, I yeah. think they responded well so you know it, it's it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be so very yeah they have they have faced teams that have that have given them some sort of trouble, but it hasn't been too much trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the trouble never, you know, Denver, I don't think at any point in this playoff, that Denver fans had like a pit in the feeling of their stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this one out in terms of like a series. Well, yeah, they've you never know? trailed in a series, right? They haven't trailed. They've Every only been time, tied zero zero. I mean, they've only lost three games, right? They lost yeah. one game in the first round and two games in the second round, and they've been able to adjust to anything the other teams have. You know, it's just been smooth yeah. sailing so far. And now right. they face an eight seed, a little bit better of a coach, but maybe not the the best talent, but a team that <laughs> is persevering. You know, in right. spite of that talent. Right. Right. So. Uh, what uh what's interesting i think from a matchup standpoint um with the heat is and let me let me get through this because i think the initial <laughs> statement might sound ridiculous got a long like, okay um i think minnesota you know who you need to beat when you're playing them you gotta you gotta slow down and at to a lesser extent this postseason just because of what he was what he was was dealing with um you know throughout the year but then you know the Lakers same thing you got two guys to beat really um Phoenix you got two guys to beat um uh, Miami it may seem you just got one guy to beat really um bam to a lesser extent um but I think what's weird about Miami, all of those other teams have have role players. Maybe not Phoenix as much as they, they're they're not deep. But you know, like mm-hmm. the Lakers have some guys that that can score. Um, you know, Minnesota can do some different things. Miami's just got a bunch of guys that can go off in like different ways. Yeah, they have. You know what I mean? They have a lot of wild cards. Yeah, they have it's a lot more, to plan for. Th- they have more potential threats, and and there's the the biggest wild card of all is is Tyler Hero. Like, yeah, what's Who going says, on there? So, I mean, you know, the 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 last I saw, it said that he should be uh, 
ready for game three. I don't know in what kind of capacity. I don't know if it's like uh, he's going to be 80%, if he's going to be, you know, just good enough to play, if he's going to be able to play how many minutes a game. But, you right. know, but that is a huge, you know, when he's healthy, you know, he's a 20 point per game scorer. And when he's playing against backup units, yeah, that's when he shines, you know. So if he mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't mess with the starting rotation, and at this point I would not if I were the Heat. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I I would let him come off the bench and be a yeah. uh yeah, be a guy to to be a spark plug off the bench. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Um I don't know I, I think about how they will defend Jokic. Um yeah, because Bam doesn't and, have a great history. Yeah, against Jokic. Yeah, Bam doesn't have a great history against Jokic. Does Um, anyone other than Embiid? Other than Embiid, not uh, not really. Um, But like, I don't understand why Bam doesn't have a good history against Jokic. Because on paper, that's the kind of guy that should be able to give him problems. I know he's a little undersized versus Jokic, but like. I don't I Skill I don't know that he should be able to to defend him relatively well. Honestly, I don't know what kind of guy is well built to give Jokic trouble. Because I think about he's yeah, not he's sure. not intimidated, you know what I mean? And he's sure. got like he's got options. He can bully somebody, he can mm-hmm. he he's not a guy who needs to score to be effective. So if sure. a guy's going to kind of like lock him down, he could find an open guy. You know, he's he's got enough of a a diverse set of skills that he doesn't have to, you know, like some guys, if you take away their scoring, they're not going to be as effective. Or if you take away like one sure. aspect of their scoring, you know. Sure. But like, I feel that that's obviously to a much lesser extent. I feel that's the same story with Bam. Bam doesn't need to score. Mm-hmm. He's a relatively versatile defender yeah. in terms of who we can guard and like you know how he gets it done um you know so he i on paper i feel like he should be better um and maybe this is just because of how he guards joel relatively relatively well yeah um that i i would think that he would guard uh Jokic better too but like i you know i don't know it's a, it's a weird one um because when you look at you look at the numbers he actually does play Jokic relatively well. He just loses. Yeah. Like Jokic's numbers against him. And obviously this is a testament to Jokic me saying that this is relatively well. 20, uh-huh. 22, 11, and 7. Um, it's guarding him relatively well. But like, you know, those are under. Those are under average. Under his regular averages, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bam is about average for him. So like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious to see who they throw at him because, um, I could, I could see, I could see anyone. I could see, I could see Jimmy trying to guard him for stretches. I could see, you know, you throw on a Caleb Martin at him for stretches, just to, just to give him different looks. Um, but bam, I'd imagine we'll, we'll be the primary defender. And I, there's just something in me that that says if Bam like dials it up, and I, I'm not a big Bam fan, but if 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 he dials it up in the ways that he can for short stretches, I think he could maybe turn a game or two. Just yeah. something to watch. 
if he really can just shut him down for stretches and Miami can capitalize on that. Yeah, because it's not like like obviously they they want him to score, but it's not like they really need him to like they, it's not like they need to run anything for him to score. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's nice to get him it, going it, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But like if he can just lock in defensively and like this is your role, um I don't know. It'll be interesting. What would you do as a coach? What kind of strategy would you take to attack Jokic? Is there a because the the thing that comes to my mind, mm. uh, and I don't know if this is even a good strategy, but it's just a funny one, would be to try to to tire him out in some way, right? Like, can you can you make Jokic move around enough on defense where he gets tired on offense, or is he just is he okay? Is he such is he so energy efficient that that's not gonna fuck with them that much you know so yeah so i was i was listening to kg talk about how he would guard Jokic, and he said offensively yeah he would he would make sure he's running just but do they just move. take him off do they just take him off you know what i mean that's, do they just that's switch the thing. up yeah, their I defensive strategy i don't think he would respond yeah you know it's not like it's not, he's a capable defender but it's not like he's really dialed in 100 percent of the time defensively anyway like i think he would just let you run on him Sure. And then probably switch. Um, defensively, he was saying he would just have to vary the looks, which I, I think is the right answer. Like, you know, a couple of possessions down, you're just like you're you're meeting them at the the opposite free throw line and just getting yeah. it, getting getting into getting them, into you know them early. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other possessions, you're you're sagging off and just like making him make the adjustment. If it's me. I think I probably, and obviously this is much harder <laughs> to do at an NBA level, but I think I just try to deny him the ball for as long as possible. Keep yeah. the ball out of his hands. Um, which is very hard to do. Which is very hard to do. Yeah, especially um, in an NBA level where they can like do things to free him up. You know, they're going to, yeah. you know, set picks, set, you know, get him the ball in one way or another. Right. And, you know, it depends on depends on the kind of night that the rest of the nuggets are having um as to whether you can kind of do that effectively and cheat on it a little bit to you know maybe you know maybe you, you pop above a screen just to deny him and you're switching everything on him specifically mm. um just to deny him the ball but uh they've got enough guys that like if somebody else is on that's going to cause a mismatch pretty quickly especially against this miami team because yeah. it's not like they're big anywhere else um so and 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 denver is relatively long um so yeah it's it's tough it's a tough <laughs> i don't i don't know it's a really tough matchup is i know he's a good shooter and he's an efficient scorer right he's a he's a i say he's a decent shooter is the yeah but yeah. is the strategy yeah. just to give him mid-range jump shots is the strategy so, to play the percentages and just kind of give give up those shots, let your defender sag off him a little bit and help elsewhere. Don't let him become a playmaker and make him beat you with his mid-range game. Here's the thing. If you sag off him, he's just going to attack. You give him that space that lets him initiate contact. That gets so him like, initiate. I'm, I'm it gets him gonna... that head of steam and yeah, get that if... big body moving. 
Yeah. If I'm him, I'm not settling for that. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, e- either I'm going to sit here and wait and try to pick you apart or yeah. I'm just going to barrel down. He's he's a smart it's player tough. and he plays to his strengths. He plays. He knows mm-hmm. he knows himself. He knows his teammates and he plays to his strengths so well that, it, that it's hard to adjust or throw different, you know, to to take one strategy and implement it. You the, I, I think, yeah, you have to do different things and th- and just completely like almost randomize it to make him adjust on the fly. Right. Which is hard to do as a defense because you have to be on the same page. You have to be a well-disciplined team to be able to do that because everybody has to know what you're doing on that specific, you know, specific possession and be on the same page and not miss, you know, switches and assignments and whatever's going on based on, you know, Oh, we're going to press them this time. We're going to deny them this time. We're going to, you know, yeah. The only, you know, the only thing is Kevin Love against him is an interesting matchup because Love's strong enough, yeah, that he can deal with him, yeah. And he's defensively, a smart defensively, you would have to respect Kevin Love on the perimeter, so it pulls it, it pulls him out on the it perimeter, does. yeah. Unless if, you, if Jokic know, you, just matched up on him on the other right. end of the floor, yeah, right. But if if he's if he's not, he's guarding a guard because pretty much everybody else on the on on the the Heat is a guard, you know. Yeah. So like, I don't do they know, play? That... Do they play Bam and and Kevin Love at the same time much? Um, they have. I I feel yeah. like Kevin Love kind of. He hasn't been fell playing out, as he fell much. out of favor a little yeah. bit recently, but like they have. Um, that would be one where I I I'd be curious to see if you see Kevin Love a little more. You on might, the floor. and you know, just be just out of like having to throw different looks to try to to try to see what is going to work. You know, like Miami's definitely the underdog in this situation. They're definitely the you know the team that yeah. has to kind of make more adjustments or be more creative in the way that they approach it. And yeah, you might see different lineups. You might see different, you know, different combinations yeah. of guys, different sets, different looks. It's going to be yeah. interesting. It's going to be an interesting NBA finals. Did you see the tweet this week that was making the rounds that was like basically switching uh, Jokic and Embiid and saying like, which team would be better would like, Jokic on the current Sixers or Embiid on the Nuggets and you know basically everybody point out like yeah these teams are very built around those guys so both options would be pretty bad well not bad they'd still be good teams but neither team would be better than it is now if you switch them out so going into the season um, going into this season rather that was always kind of my default argument I was saying I think I think a Embiid led Nuggets team is better than a, a Jokic led Sixers team. I still think um, that's the case. I think it's the case, but I don't think it's as big of a margin as I once thought it was. No, I just think that I think that the and I think this is more of a uh knock. It's not a knock on either Embiid or Jokic. I think it's a a statement on the the supporting cast. And I think the supporting cast around Jokic is a little bit better, a little bit more versatile. If you put like put Jokic on the Sixers, uh, nobody moves without the ball. James Harden, James Harden doesn't move without the ball. 
that's because of Joe, though. Obviously, Harden is is kind of his own thing. Yeah, but I think a lot of that's because of Joe. Like, yeah, you figure, because you, of you like what this is... you're asking him to do, like working the ball from the, you know, from the I, I, foul line extended even, from the nail. I don't even think of what it's what we're asking him to do. I think it's just how slow he plays offensively. Yeah. Um, like if you think about it, we were the we we're the best three point shooting team in the league this year, percentage wise. Mm-hmm. If you put that around Jokic, that should be a positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not like it was Embiid doing it. Yeah. Oh so yeah, like, his three point shot wasn't wasn't good at all fine. this year. He took he, a. I mean, yeah. it took a step back since the, right. you know it's it's peak when he was like kind of a good three point shooter. He's yeah. slightly below average now. Yeah. So like. On paper, I'm like, ah, the Sixers are probably a slightly better team. Now, the other the end of the Sixers floor, might be the Sixers might be slightly better than they are now. I think they're better offense. I don't know. If yes. They're better oh, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Definitely a better yeah. off. Uh, yeah, better offense. More, I guess, more optionality. More, you know. But yeah, I don't but know. If you, I just think if you have like hard, Harden and Jokic is not an ideal pairing. Sure. They but like probably if you're talking, could make it work, but it's not ideal. If you're putting those two teams in a head-to-head matchup, like a seven-game series, I'm going to take the Nuggets with Embiid over the Sixers with Jokic. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. No, yeah. but it's uh, it's it'd be an interesting series. It'd be an interesting series for sure. Um, speaking of the Sixers. I want to say one more thing before we get into the Sixers sure. news. Sure. Um, I want to say what I, I I want to say what I want to happen in this NBA Finals, and it's okay. related to the Sixers, and that's why I want to say it. I want the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA Finals. I want them to win because I think that if Jokic winning, uh, I think that if Jokic winning back to back MVPs was the fuel that Joel and B needed wanted pushed him to want to win MVPs maybe maybe Jokic is the 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 carrot on the stick that Joel and B is constantly chasing god i hope and if not. he and if he needs to win if he needs to win an NBA championship for Joel and B to be like i'm chasing this guy i need to do what it takes this offseason this season i need to make the adjustments to prove that you know if he is his his rival for his career i i want that to push him from a team aspect from an aspect of all right it's time to make the sacrifices the adjustments the 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 tweaks to my game needed from a team aspect not just a, <laughs> i need to be sure. the mvp again sure and it also sets up the potential in the future for you know a Sixers a Sixers Nuggets finals matchup to not be who's going to win their first title but it could be a chance for Embiid to beat you know Embiid and the Sixers to beat a previous champion Jokic and the Nuggets which you know as I which I spoke about last week and you don't mm-hmm. care you don't care about other team really. success. <laughs> I think it matters for the overall. I think it matters for the overall arc and narrative. I'm I'm a storyteller, Keenan. I look at things no, from I, a I storytelling standpoint. So, so that's. I think it. I think it. Then it it puts a little bit more on it. Taking down a former champion 
instead of both going for your your first title you know sure sure no that 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 makes sense i get i get that i think that is an important distinction um you know i think if if Embiid needs external uh motivation i, I think i think he's already in trouble i mean i don't you know? i don't i don't know if i'm 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 not saying he needs it, but I'm saying it's there. Sure. There's always sure. is external motivation whether you need it or not. You know? Sure. Sure. I guess yeah, I I, I understand maybe after the first MVP um that Jokic won if it's, you know, last season and you're like, "Okay, yeah, I'm trying to beat him this year." And then he wins another one and you're like, "All right, I'm I'm really going to go out and prove it." you know, this, this past season, like sure. sure but I yeah, from that. a team aspect, he should already be thinking about what he needs to do for yeah. team success to be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you should already want to be MVP, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, if you're a top, I, yeah. if you're like a top 10 player in the league, MVP should be like somewhere on your radar of like a goal that you have going into every single year. You if know? nothing else, Not you're financially like, incented to. Yeah, and not for like stat chasing reasons or anything, just because it's like, oh, this is where I need to be. Yeah. You know, like in the conversation. And I think that like, you know, I think that for for, for parts of it, you know, he's the, the Embiid has led the league in scoring for two straight years, and I think mm -hmm. that's been part of his like campaign for MVP. Oh, I'm a big man sure. who leads the league in scoring. Is that yeah. the best thing for the for team success? We're not Probably quite not. sure. We talked about that, you know, especially with especially with James Harden on the team, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's been part of his, like, kind of, like, narrative goal to win, yeah. you know, MVP. It's, you know, kind of shades of, like, Wilt Chamberlain wanting to lead the league in assists when they started counting assists as a stat, you know? Right. Right. I want to do it just because it's a stat that I can lead the league in. <laughs> and, you know, that's and I not mean, exactly... I mean, Harden, Harden went out and did the same thing, you know? Yeah. People... people knocked him for for leading the league in scoring he's like fine i'll lead the league in assists yeah uh-huh and it is like because there is a way to you know we like a lot of people are stats obsessed you know sure stats obsessed it goes into what teams look at when they're paying you i get it you know it's the easiest when, way to contextualize the game for people who don't yes for people who don't watch as much basketball for people who are voting for you know, people who are voting for for awards and have a mm -hmm. say in awards, which translates into how much you get paid. Yeah. They're not watching every single basketball game. They're looking at stats. Can't they're looking at these things. Yeah. So it's yeah, it provides context when there is a way to contribute to winning basketball without the raw numbers or even the advanced numbers, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's, you know, probably not going to get you to MVP levels, but, you know, to MVP stuff, you know, you're going to have to have some sort of like stat, but. Right, right. But it's yeah, it's it's important. Like I, I'll throw out stats just because we were just talking about it. I decided to look it up. Kevin Love six and two against uh, Jokic head to head. Hey, start, let's start it out there. Is it is that because of Kevin Love? For some of it, it might have been maybe a little earlier. Um, Kevin Love has only not. played Jokic eight times in his career. Yeah, only eight times. Huh? Where they where they've both played? Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah, I don't know. 
but uh, it it wasn't just uh, it's not like those two losses were just the the most recent matchups too. They did he did the the Nuggets did win the most recent one, but then prior to that, it was back in 2017. So he's just kind of kind of beat them all throughout. So you know, stats stats can say a lot, um, but stats can also you know you can kind of morph them to make them what you want. Um, I think at the end of the day, you got to like you got to be able to balance both both stats and fit like yeah if you're if you're chasing stats it's got to be in service of like doing something that your team needs mm-hmm. it be it, the sixers did need and beat score so like yeah. you know he went he it's went like, out and did that you know when allen iverson was leading the league in scoring and taking a ton of shots and like not scoring in the most efficient manner Right. That was what the team needed because they built a team of like defense and hard nosed players and guys who would, you know, do the dirty work around that skill that he had. So even yeah. though, you know, advanced stats guys can look at Allen Iverson and say like, oh, he was overrated because he, you know, his efficiency wasn't great. It's like, no, that is what they needed and wanted. And like they needed him to be that ki- kind of guy. That's that's what he was asked to do. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and how much of like, you know, like how much like how how many times did Allen Iverson miss a shot, but his teammate got like an offensive rebound and put it back, you know, like where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was like not planned, but it was kind of planned. You know, like a Kobe, is well, that, you know, like a I Kobe mean, assist kind of, you know, like you well, yeah, a and shot, but it's like everybody else is in the right position to clean up your garbage. And it's like, right. that's not the same as just chucking up shots when it's like part of the game plan and strategy around it. It's not always blind luck. It, it, it sometimes yeah. seemed like blind luck, like even even going back to um, Derek White in game six, like that may seem like that that last that last second play that may seem like dumb luck that he's just there for the offensive rebound but like no but it was it was designed into that, the inbound that was, play yeah that yeah. was by that was by design and he read the play so like yeah uh-huh. that's not that's not dumb luck so did you see um, how they had yeah. uh how like Tatum like dove like he was on the right side like they had they had yeah. guys on both sides for mm-hmm. the ball for the ball coming off either way it was a uh, you know yeah, uh, a well-designed slash poorly uh, defended play. <laughs> well, other I mean, than the fact good... that, other than the fact that Marcus Smart took the shot, if you can get the ball into Marcus Smart's hands for the final shot, that's like kind of like your, you know, I'll give I'll give him with the game that he was having. It wasn't a bad idea, but yes, historically that probably isn't your your number one option. But he was shooting the ball well that night. Yeah, I mean he's a you know he's a streaky he's a streaky shooter he's you know he's he's made game winners but he it does seem like he ends up with the ball in his hands a lot at the end of games teams teams usually yeah. try to deny uh you know Tatum yeah. and I'll, I'll live and, and die with that one, anybody yeah. else they they really try to filter the ball into Marcus Smart's hands yeah. at, at the end of ball games but yeah you got to box out you got to get a ball you got to get a body on a guy yeah that's one of my like. One of one of the things that I do a lot when when I play basketball, and of, I'm gonna compare myself to the NBA, but uh, but <laughs> to to say two things, some if if I know a guy on the other team really crashes the offensive boards and is like an offense, like you know there are some guys I play pickup with that I know they're just like 
like they're just energy machines who crash the offensive boards and that's like a big part of their game. I will tell my teammates, I'll be like, hey, I'm not going to go for a rebound ever. I'm just going to make sure he doesn't get a rebound. Right. And as soon as right. the shot goes up, I find him and I box him out. And you know what I mean? Like I pick him up because yeah. it's usually a guy who will like, who kind of play from the perimeter. You know, he'll, he'll, he looks to energy crash from like the foul line extended or the three point line. So he'll dive. So I'll just like find him and body him up. I'll box him out. Turn I'll, face. I'll front face box him out. I'll box yeah. him out from the front. So he can't yep. like go around sure. me and I'll be like, somebody sure. else needs to get the rebound, but I will make sure that somebody else. And that's something that like, you know, that'll never show up in a box score, but you know, it's, you know, if, if that's somebody's whole offensive game and they're really good at it and you completely take that away, that's contributing to winning, you know, for sure. For sure. It takes discipline. It, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, yeah, honestly, it's one of the ways I can tell if I'm tired, <laughs> Uh, is is once once I stop boxing out, then I'm like, all right, you need to get off the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, you're not you're not doing it. You're you're not you're not doing the little things. Uh, well, but like, yeah, it, it just it requires a lot of discipline, and it's so hard to in those situations like not ball watch. Yes, because you're like, uh -huh. all right, I know you have this clock in your head, and you're like, all right, if I can just survive, you know, this X amount of seconds, we'll be okay. And so you look to the ball mm -hmm. to make sure that you know, it's not in a position to be scored and you lose, you know, you lose your man, you lose the help uh, position yeah. or, you know, all, all of those things, you lose the little things. And uh, yeah, this doesn't, this is, this is kind of going back a little bit, but it's a point I had in my head. So I'm going to make it anyway. Another thing that uh, like going back to the, the Iverson, like missing shot, you know, missing yeah. shots isn't always like, terrible if it's like you know someone who doesn't understand that is always someone who's frustrating to play with right like if if right. you're playing like like i don't care like if someone like is like chucks up three pointers like uh, all right you get you, like as long as we have like rebounders in, inside like you got to understand like where the rest of your teammates are you know you got to understand yeah. like mm -hmm. when it's a good time to take a shot and when it's not you know sure sure yeah one on three is not the time to to chuck that up. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that's that's for sure. And and the flip side of that too is like when when you have that guy on your team that is just ball watching when the ball's in the air and not <laughs> consistently getting like some sort hustled. of position. Oh. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. You can you can get away with that if like you're a freak athlete, but if you're not, you're probably not getting away with it. Speaking of basketball strategy, making adjustments, <laughs> knowing where to be on the floor at what time, uh -huh. the Philadelphia 76ers have a new coach, and it is Dr. Nick Nurse. Doctor, yes, Dr. There Nick were, Nurse. You know, a lot of tweets, a lot of tweets about how the Sixers went from a doc to a, ner to a nurse, but you might not be aware, Nick Nurse is a doctor. He's a, he's a PhD. He yeah. has a PhD, so... Put, put some respect on Doc Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a player hater degree. How are you feeling? So, I'm gonna be honest. I meh. Yeah. I like tried to get. I, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to get excited about this. Um, I went back last night and and listened to um, 
JJ's episode of of his podcast in in his coaching series. It was the first episode in the old man in the three coaching series was with Nick Nurse. Okay, um, was this a, like, an interview with Nick Nurse? I haven't yeah. listened. I haven't listened to uh, JJ's podcast since he was like with the Ringer, like five six years ago. Oh, or whatever. So, I, yeah. I think you. I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, but yeah, this was like maybe I think it was the beginning of the the twenty two season. Okay. Or, or not the not the beginning of the season, but beginning of twenty twenty two. So like midway through the season. Um, and you know he's 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 had an interesting journey. Um, he said some good things. JJ asked him at one point what uh he thought like the three most important things about coaching in the NBA were. Uh, he said one, you have to uh, you have to instill that you're playing to win the game every night. So with that discipline of like work, you know, her yeah. words, you play to win the game. Sure. Um, uh-huh. Two, which is definitely uh, something that people have been talking about a lot as yes, in terms of his his coaching strategy, you know, for sure. He he, he plays the starters a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, Not even two. He he himself said it was a one a. Uh, you got to be able to talk openly and honestly uh, with players about how you can increase their value in the open market. <laughs> which is an interesting which way I, to put it, because yeah. uh, that means like their own paycheck. And it also means what the team can trade them for. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it's uh, but like if you have if you have enough trust built up in a relationship with a player to like have a real conversation about that not as yeah. the gm but as mm-hmm. the coach you're probably doing something right sure um i and don't we're, know we this is something we were talking about last week which is like something mm-hmm. that we were like wondering how teams and coaches approach and i haven't you know i haven't heard this at all so this makes me feel this makes me feel good this is a positive like talking yeah. open and honestly about like oh what is going to get you the most value, you know, because on the open market also means for the team that you're currently playing on. Yeah. What's sure. going to make you look the best and be most attractive? How are you going to contribute to this team winning so that other teams and, you know, people with money to pay you see your value to a team? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a plus I like, plus. I yeah, I like that. I re- I like mm-hmm. that as a philosophy, as a way to approach like, hey, you doing what you doing X, Y, and Z for this team is going to hi- highlight what you can do for a team to win, which is ultimately what teams are looking for when they're trying to pay people. Right. Right. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but you're not a superstar or you're not a max level yeah. player. You know what I mean? Right. So here's what I see that you can do that, you know, lifts up the players around you to get the most out of them. But listen, we're not going to pay you, but, <laughs> or maybe we will, you, or, or yeah, if you do this well enough, yeah, maybe we will. You make yourself indispensable. Maybe. Um, yeah, so those are one and one A. And then uh his third, which kind of goes hand in hand with it anyway, was uh he said you just have to develop them. You can't be afraid to tinker right away. Um, and you also have to coach winning. Um, and he pointed to like film sessions not being about like what did we do right, what did we do poorly, but like let's look at the winning plays. What are the possessions that that lead to a game, lead to a team winning? Not like did we execute this X and O 
properly but like are these winning plays yeah Mm -hmm. so like i i I want to get behind the process kind of kind (laughs) of um you know it's good that he, he he's reunited or is it good i don't know he's reuniting with with maury it, it's another maury retread um yeah where was he with maury he was an assistant in houston or he he coached the uh the rio grande okay uh vipers which were the houston's i think at that time d-league affiliate um now g-league affiliate uh but a few a few different coaches have I think actually gotten head jobs in the league after having coached or at least prominent lead positions after having coached that particular yeah, uh, that. D slash G league team. Um, He's an interesting, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Like, yeah, he just like, he just like loved basketball. His first job, which I, I knew, but it was good to hear him talk about more was he was a player coach in the uh, British Basketball League, his first year out of college. Oh, yeah. I, I heard him talk about this on uh, maybe the Woj podcast years ago or okay. Zach yeah. Lowe. I forget. Yeah, there was some interview with Nick Nurse. Now that I remember it, I, 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 I'm I, having even more positive feelings about this. Now that I remember this, uh, this old podcast where I listen to Nick Nurse and I think I really I really came away with positive feelings about him after after listening to that. Yeah. 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 He like he he talked about how how that really shaped how he interacts with people in the locker room, you know, learning how to win over a locker room and build those relationships, et cetera. So like I, all of that sounds good. Um what I then look at is that's all great. What's the outcome on sure. paper? On on yeah. Is he you're, you know, we've talked a lot about the Sixers needing a creative offensive mind in charge of them. And is, is he that? What I will say is he's flexible. Yeah. Which is something they need. Um, You know, he talked about how like coaching overseas for so long, he would just go over and watch different leagues play and like, yeah. Learned little, little bits and pieces of what worked and what didn't work from, from, uh, from lots of different style of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about how coaching a less talented team, um, and especially going up against a juggernaut, like makes you have to be creative. You yeah. have to think outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's very comfortable doing that. And I'm like, these are all positives. Um, what I worry about is one, can we make it through a regular season with him? Um, because one of the things I kind of want for Joel is him learning almost the opposite and not not giving not, it a hundred percent. Not giving it hundred percent every single game. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe or like learning I how feel to like Hey, he coached, he coached Kawhi. Sure. So I think there's a way to, so he knows how to strike that balance of, you know, like of bal of balancing, you know, being able to limit when you are, you know, like being able to go all out when you're going, but also to rest when you need rest, you know, like that, you, sure. you know, the, the load management uh aspect sure. of of it so like maybe yeah, that yeah, but is... how much how much of that was like 
him pushing buttons and how much of that was, hey, listen, we're coming here from San Antonio. Here's what went wrong in San Antonio. They weren't actually listening to us. We're dictating when Kawhi's playing and when he's not. Possibly. You no, know, like that's I just I, I wonder how much of that was was that, you know, because then you look at how much he's played his starters since. Um, and it's a lot, you know. Yeah. He's on that that Tibbs level of. Yeah. I'm just going to run my guys. I'm really ground. pushing. Yeah. But I mean, he hasn't had guys who have, you know, he's had a relatively young team. You know, he hasn't had guys with like major injury problems, you know, like so hopefully it is something where it can be like, a, you know, some sort of balance or, you know, finding that. Finding that. Uh, that nice, happy medium. Cool. Here are some things that he's done that I that I that kind of make me also feel good. He has experience in taking over from a successful head coach and taking a team kind of to that next level. You know, he took over for Dwayne Casey after he won coach of the year. year, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they added Kawhi, but then they won a title in his, you know, first year as head coach. Then they lost Kawhi and he led a team who lost a superstar to the, were they the one seed after they lost Kawhi? Like the year after? They were one, or, one or two seed, yeah. And that yeah. team, that, I mean, that team had four fantastic defenders. Yeah, it was, I mean, lineup, the, the roster was, yeah, it was strong. It was deep. It was balanced in a way that this Sixers lineup might not be. But, yeah. you know, but yeah, he had different, style of team and things to play around with sure but sure. he has a proven track record of being able to do both of those things building off building off something another great coach you know was working with and mm-hmm. i'll say doc rivers is a quote-unquote great coach you know i think yes he's yes doc, doc's a great coach doc's in, a great coach. I'm, in I'm, some yeah. way you know <laughs> i'll i guess i'll say it you know? i won't take that from him I won't take that from him at all. I mean, you know, he was named one of the top 10 coaches in NBA history. So if you're not, if, so you gotta be, you gotta be at least some sort of level of great to be top 10 all time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, he has, you know, he's, he's had success with different sort of types of teams. So, you know, these are all good things. I'm going to go back and listen to that that podcast. I'm going to try to find it. I think it was Woj, but it also could have been Zach Lowe. It was one of those two, I'm pretty sure. Nice. nice. Um, and I recommend anyone else, anyone else listen to that too. If you if you want to if you want to have some positive feelings about Nick Nurse and his his basketball outlook and and <laughs> philosophy on the game. What I'm what I'm kind of curious about is what's the trickle down effect. Um, what's the rest of his staff going to look like, mm-hmm. you know? And like, what are the, you assume Sam Cassell's gone. One would assume, but maybe not. I don't know. Is he going to get a head uh, coaching job? Is he going to probably not? <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, what else is open, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's, I, I haven't heard his name in, in conversation anywhere other than here in Houston. And those jobs are both filled now. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but like, I worry about okay, if you if you lose a Cassell, what does that do to a Tyrese Maxey? Um, you know, if you 
what is our what does our defense look like? Obviously, you know, he's he comes in, he's he's got his own ideas defensively, but like what is his what does the defense look like without uh uh Coach Jay, you know, like there's there's yeah. there's little there's little things and and like what is is he going to add somebody that I think is an offensive vibe? I also wonder if you if he ends up with D'Antonio on staff. That'd be interesting. It would be, uh, that would certainly be interesting if he comes like, back to be an assistant again. That's that's kind of my expectation. And yeah, because he's had Nurse has had former heads as assistants. He has no problem doing that. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see if that ends up happening. Yeah, Dan, I mean, Dan Tony's been an assistant. He's been an assistant with the Sixers. He no. didn't. He didn't like overstep his role. Oh, I think it, yeah, I, I think at this point he knows he knows what yeah. it, he knows what it is. Yeah. You know, he's that would be that would certainly be interesting. And I yeah, I, I don't think it would cause too much of a quarterback controversy. I don't think, you know, nah. I mean, it might just in terms of like the the uh, narrative, it might cause a lot of uh, podcasts sure. to be like, oh, is Nick Nurse sure. on thin ice? Are they just wait? Are they waiting to hire Dan Tony? But I don't think it would actually be that sort of situation uh i i believe it's one of these two uh he was on the woge podcast twice from what i see once was in march of 2019 and once was in october of 2020 i would recommend listening to both or uh both of those because i'm not sure which one really (laughs) really was one he's talking about the book that he wrote which i remember and the other one he's talking about like his path as a coach moving up the moving up the ranks of basketball. So I believe I listened to both of them and I believe that he was, uh, you know, gave me a good, give me a good feeling both times. Cause I, I think, you know, as somebody who coached the Raptors, a team that's given the Sixers plenty of problems and injured Joel Embiid, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really going into (laughs) things, you know, yeah, especially in October, 2020, October, you know, October, 2020, a year removed from, from the the Kawhi bounce, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't really champing at the bit to, to feel to good about Nick Nurse. Nurse. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. before that was before Siakam injured and bead and took him out. Yeah, well, you know, that's 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 two two countrymen just getting into this it. is uh this is something that this is something that makes me feel uh interested in uh in how Nick Nurse will coach the 76ers. It's from uh, an article by Mike O'Connor on the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Um, but uh, it says, uh, Sixers fans likely underestimate what a psycho nurse is. He plays ultra aggressive schemes, runs short rotations with high minutes for yeah. starters, has a quick hook for players who make mental mistakes or lack defensive effort. He's not shy about calling players out to the media and was once asked about Gary Trent's limited minutes and said that he only fits their team if he plays aggressively on defense. Um, he's called out Pascal Siakam very harshly on a number of occasions. There's a chance that hiring Nurse would end in a dumpster fire. His high end, his high demand coaching style, constant callouts, and overall intensity could wear on Embiid and Harden if he's back. But frankly, I don't care. Embiid and Harden have not earned the right to be pampered. I'd rather take a chance on a high-intensity and innovative coach than bring in a laissez-faire coach like Mike D'Antoni, whose biggest calling card at this stage is that he keeps his stars happy. I agree with that. 
I agree with it. I mean, yeah, I, we haven't we have not had accountability in the yeah. in the process era. Yeah, that's that's been the that's been a huge missing piece. So yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. Yeah, and if the players don't react to that in a way, if they're babies about it, then yeah. we're gonna learn. We're gonna you know, and it's gonna be a rude awakening for. You know, everybody who's been uh, defending Embiid for many years, if he's not able to to kind of take that style of like, hey, man, you know, you're not going to get your way. We're not going to we're not going to pamper you. Well, and I think you've seen I think you've seen that um, Embiid does at least respect Nick Nurse, at least like publicly, even even as. Mm -hmm opponents you know like yes um he called him out he called him out for whining about calls but like uh-huh he also wasn't they were they were both right yeah in that situation so and and like you know they've they've at least shown the the willingness to to respect each other's points and you know they seem to have been relatively warm to each other so i i think that could work yeah um yeah I mean, ultimately, I don't think there were any coaching candidates on the market that I would have been super excited as a hire for the Sixers. I don't think anybody would have made me jump out of my seat and be like, all right, let's go. It's on right now. You know, at this point in the Sixers, at this point in the Sixers arc as a team, as a franchise, as as a roster that they're trying to build, there's nobody who's going to move the needle all that much in terms of like excitement for a fan base. But I feel like this is a solid hire. He was one of the, you know, top candidates. He's, you know, I don't feel bad about it at all. You know, I think him or Budenholzer were the my kind of two at the top probably. of the list. You know, um, I I probably would have put Monty up there, but I don't know that Monty was ever really in the running for this. Yeah, I think either. my I think Budenholzer and Nick Nurse would have been like my one one A, like mm-hmm. like either, yeah. like they kind of share the number one spot. And then Monty was probably in the next. Like I, then it was like Monty Sam Cassell for me. Like there's certainly know. more negative with Bud for me. Yeah, like Bud. Bud was a was a high risk, high reward guy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I could see Bud flaming out. I don't know that I see Nick Nurse flaming out. It's just like, uh, is he gonna is he gonna get us over the hump? Yeah, I he feel like the Bud, safest. Bud was a little bit more of like the um of a coach's player or a player's coach player's coach. Yeah. A yeah. little bit, a yeah. little bit closer to Monty and doc rivers, you know? Yeah. 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 This is probably the, it's probably what we needed the most, whether we're yeah. excited the most about it or not, it's probably what we needed. Yeah. It's probably the biggest change going from yeah. like a, a guy who's, you know, well-known as a, as a player's coach, as a locker room guy, as a, you know, as a motivator to a guy who's more of a, uh, you know, in your face, hard nose, uh, you know, guy who's going to get into the X's and O's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Other than some sort of like offensive, innovative genius, you know, that like should have hired David Blatt. Like just some sort of like, that was, that was the move. Some sort of like (laughs) undiscovered, like, you know, guy who's just like creating basketball offenses you've never seen before. Yeah. And I don't know where those guys exist. They're, they're not in the U.S., I can tell you that. Yeah. You got to find yeah. like... Or JJ. You got to find like some sort of like, 
you got to find some sort of high school basketball coach who's like winning state championships that he does not that he that he just does not he should not should win. not win. Yeah, like he's like you know like mm. some guy who's like some guy who's like taking like like small like uh, who's That's just like competing jump. in who's competing in the city like co- competing in the city with like just the like just complete nerds and it's That's like winning big jump man you know that's a big jump <laughs> it's Yo, hard enough as a player player uh from high school imagine to the trying league. to get imagine trying to get a guy like that to get nba players to buy into their schemes yeah listen guys <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna press and even that's not head coach that's a guy you bring in as like a as like a second row assistant to like suggest right. You know, that's a guy who yeah. like slowly like starts getting whispers around the league about what an offensive mind he is after he's like, you know, where are these, you know, he's an assistant on somebody's staff. And he's like, where are these coming from? And like, yeah, the coach is afraid to say because he doesn't want to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. I I don't know. I like I said, I'm, tr- I'm trying to talk myself into to Nick Nurse. Um and maybe it's a good thing that I don't have like this visceral reaction. Yeah. Maybe that just shows that it's the right hire. I mean, it's just a solid, you know? non-exciting, yeah. like, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna rile anybody up too much, I don't think. It's not gonna, you know. Yeah. It's not what I was looking for, but it's probably what we need. <laughs> yeah. Keenan, before we go. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question for you about the NBA lottery, the results sure. of the NBA lottery. And my question is just, was it, was it inevitable? Were the what? results? I mean, we, we mentioned it months ago. We said, is Wembenyama just going to be a spur? Are we wasting our time wondering where he ends up? We did ask this question back we, in we November. We did. And you know, sure. I mean, that's was what happened. The... Was the envelope cold? Who knows? Who knows? Um, Do you believe in basketball karma? Is this some sort of... I mean, if I believe in it anywhere, it is with the Spurs. Yeah. Because if you look if you look at their number one overall picks, they have been rewarded every time. Yeah. In the... In the... This is a... This is a franchise-altering lottery. You know? They've yeah. won three of the biggest ones over the past 30 some years when was david yeah. david robinson's like 89 so that's like 35 yeah. years ago or whatever yeah you know since then how many like how many really how talents. many really have there been like this lottery is one that if you win it you will have you know it's this year lebron but he honestly even then you just had to be in the lottery that year. I don't know. That, if we it was that such then. a strong draft. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I mean, but, but winning LeBron it. Yeah. LeBron. It was LeBron. Yeah. The Anthony Davis one kind of seemed like it at the time, but hasn't at, really. At the time. At the time, the Anthony Davis one was talked about that way, but it, it's not panning out as much. I I think the Zion one was overhyped and wasn't really. Um, I think, yeah, the, the Delta in that was, I think it was just like, he was really, he was looked at as like, it was it. 
that was it in the, in the draft. Um, have there been yeah, any? I, have there the Shaq one? I guess Shaq. Yeah, I mean there was a period where we thought that of Ben Simmons. Um, it wasn't nearly as. I don't think when it was when it was close, it was. I feel like, I feel like the Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is a generational talent, hype, reached its apex when he was a junior in high school, and I think by the time he was actually getting ready to be drafted, he's, he's there was a legitimate flaws. debate. There was a legitimate debate over whether Brandon Ingram should have been the first pick in the draft. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, Shaq. And there's not. If there's any other is in. Yeah, certain certainly not since Timmy. Yeah, Shaq. Like, yeah, the 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 guys who are like, oh, this guy's going to change your franchise. It was, you know, Shaq, Duncan, LeBron, and then sort of Anthony Davis at the time, sort of Zion <laughs> at the time, but not. Really, and then Wemby. Do we feel that way about Greg Oden? Does that count? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think that was. I mean, that was like a, that was like a race for the top two. Yeah, but it, but it was, it was definitely like a, you know, one of these top two guys. They're going to be very good players, but I don't think it was like. Hands down, these guys are going to change the next decade of your franchise For immediately. Sure. Like, you know, For sure. these guys yeah. are going to increase the value of your franchise by a billion dollars right away. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, if that's our metric, I would throw Yao into that conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's not the re. That's not the reason, though. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. If that's the metric we're going off of, but uh, but yeah, I'm talking from like a for, like for a basketball reasons. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, AD, AD was yeah. He's probably the closest. Yeah, but I I feel like those are kind of out of uh, out of the. Yeah, hands you know, like down, Chris, these guys. Chris are... Weber was close, but like, not. I don't think he was a runaway. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, yeah, I think that's it. Because not like you didn't know what Derrick Rose. You didn't know Derrick Rose was going to be Derrick Rose. You knew he was going to be good. You know he was going to be Derrick Rose. Yeah, Elton Brand. Uh, yeah. Elton Brand was like a solid player. No, like, uh, like. But I think you he know, knew he was, was going to be. He had that Duke pedigree. Yeah. He had that Duke pedigree. You knew he was. You, you knew he was going to be good. But like, he wasn't like, oh, this is going to change your, change your franchise forever. You know. Yeah, he was going to be ready to go, but he was not going to. And you know, die. really, how, yeah. How often does does something like that come along? You know, I don't. I don't even yeah. know if like, um. If David Ro- David Robinson was eighty seven, so yeah, so I don't even know if he was seen as as that at the time, you know. Well, and he was a project, right? Because he didn't. And, well, he, he didn't went. Play he was immediately. He was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah, because he had so to, like you, you like they were sure gonna... when he was going to play because he had to do like he had to like serve, and then he ended yeah. up being able to play earlier than people thought. 
because mm-hmm. he was dismissed from the Navy for being too tall or so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they should just do that. If you sign up for the Navy and you're going to be in the NBA, they should say, just go, man. Like, we, listen, don't, listen. we don't need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're too Pat- valuable of a soldier. Yeah. Patrick Ewing was like that. Hakeem was like that. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying Magic. to remember prospect Kyrie. I'm trying to remember because I, I like you had such a small you didn't really have much film on him, you know, like, I mean, he was uh, he was one year at Duke. Did he get hurt at Duke? Yeah, he he was hurt. He only played he only played 13 games. I think I think the number is 13 is either seven or 13. Um, and he came back midseason and you were like, oh, no, this this kid is the best kid to draft. But like, I feel like he was I mean, I feel like he was like. If I remember correctly, kind of like by default, the number one pick that year. Like he was like, he was like the number one pick in a pretty weak class. Yeah, I th- I I think he I think he earned it, but yeah, the the level to which it I mean, was here's that draft: Kyrie unanimous. Irving, Derek Williams, Ennis Freedom, Tristan Thompson, right? Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesely, Bismack Beyond. Yeah, this is a weak draft. <laughs> Bismack yeah. Biombo, Brandon Knight, Kemba Walker, Jimmer Fredette, Clay Thompson. But you got to remember, like he did only he only played thirteen games. You know, like yeah. you saw a lot. You saw a lot of a lot of footage on these guys. So, like you had a you had a good idea of who they were. We were you were like, nah, Kyrie Kyrie's good, but like who knows? And he came back and was like, oh no, he's he's good. Uh, and this draft at the time this like, draft that... has some has some hits later on but at the top it's who you yeah. know you got you got Kemba at 9 you got Clay at 11 you got the Morris twins at 13 14 Kawhi at 15 Vucevic at 16 Shumpert picks by the Sixers I I to this day I have not gotten more excited over an individual draft pick by the Sixers than Lucevich at the time. Really? Yeah. Because of his time in college? Uh, because of his... Maybe maybe Joe. Maybe Joe. Because of his big man game around the rib? Because of his I, soft I, touch? I, I liked, loved him. I, I liked that pick too at the time. That pick was I great. Loved yeah. Him. Yeah. I I I liked that pick a lot. But, yeah. And then Tobias weird, Harris yeah. was yeah. that draft. I wanted Fareed, Kenneth Fareed. He went 22. That's who I mm. wanted the Sixers to draft that year. Mm. I remember being upset that they didn't take Fareed. Whatever happened to Kenneth Fareed, man? He's still in the – Is he? he's still playing somewhere, I think. Yeah. I feel like he could contribute somewhere. Is he on? I don't think he's in the league. No, I don't. He only played three years in the league. Yeah, he's had a very right? strange journey. I he don't know played, about three. But. It's a, a, according. I'm on his. I'm on his NBA.com, uh, player stats page right now. He played 2011-12 and 2012-13 with Denver, and then he played 2018-19 with Houston. That's all that's listed on his on his. Oh yeah, no he 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 played he played the 11-12 season through the 18-19 season. Like, do they just not have his full? 
his full splits yeah. here? I'm looking at his basketball reference. Oh, yeah. that's oh he's, he's okay. For some reason it was set to playoffs instead of regular season. Ah, so that's the okay. only years he made the playoffs. Okay. I yeah. was like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> but that's why. Because it was set to just yeah. the years he made the playoffs. I mean, he oh, only played seven NBA seasons. Since I guess I guess since the NBA playoffs are going on right now, it automatically like sets yeah, there to show you playoff stats yeah interesting but yeah okay so he played straight through yeah i think i saw something recently of him like he you know one of those guys who's like oh he's he's still he's still going he's on like a g league team trying to make the you know trying to make the nba basketball reference has his last full season as the 21 22 season uh, where he played uh, for CSKA Moscow. Yeah. You know, guy who just loves to hoop. Yeah. 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 Good for him. He could probably get, uh, he could probably get Montrez Harrell's minutes. I was going to, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, he probably do the same thing. Uh, Kenneth Fareed was Montrez Harrell before Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan, I think that does it for this week. Stretch for podcast, unless you have anything you yeah. want to ad- address before we go. No, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm happy for, I'm happy for Jimmy. Uh, I am elated to have been wrong on the heat. <laughs> Um, if it could not have been us, I not that I want the Heat to win another ring, um, but I would love to see Jimmy. It's uh, it's different this time around. It's yeah. not like the Heatles, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've ever. Well, that's not true. I did root for them the second their second ring. I was I was rooting for them, but um, yeah, it's rare that I'm rooting for them in a postseason. How about Pat Riley? I will end with that. How about Pat Riley? This is, I forget what the stat was, but it was it was like his seventeenth NBA Finals or something like that. Nineteenth, nineteenth, yeah. As a pl- as a crazy. player, coach, executive, nineteen NBA Finals. Nuts, absolutely. I mean, he's nuts. been, you know, it. What a career, you know. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely wild. You know, I like to make fun of him a little bit because I say that his job's not all that hard. Trying to f- convince young men <laughs> to move to Miami. <laughs> but sure. there's there's something about heat culture there's something about getting you know yeah yeah they get the right and this season specifically this playoff run is showing it with jimmy butler yeah. with the with the type of uh role players that they're getting the the undrafted perf- guys the performance they're getting out of these guys they yeah. they know how to evaluate talent and then get guys who are going to step up when they need them to step up yeah there's yeah. something to it and you know my heat culture jokes, my jokes about ooh, it's so hard to get people to want to move <laughs> to Miami, you know. But they're getting the right guys to move to Miami, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, odds that you see Udonis Haslam in this series, he's going to play. I think he's so gonna, too. They're going to put him on the floor, whether they whether they are about to win the NBA title. If they're, you know, he's going to play the last blown out. Yeah, he's getting on the floor, especially if they're one minute away from winning the title. Haslam's checking into the game for for sure. I think he's actually going to play a meaningful minute. Yeah, 
I really do. There's like just in, in terms of like what you could throw at Jokic. I was going to say, what if he's the key? You know, like, what if he's I, just the. I think I think he will play a meaningful minute. It may not be more than a minute. But I think he'll play a real he'll play real minutes. He's going to get into the game to injure. <laughs> he's going to be sent as a mercenary to injure Jokic. Boom. Boom. And it'll well, be hey, the, listen, it, it'll be the hilarious. most meaningful minute of all. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But again, not advocating for players that get hurt. Of course not. Yeah. At all. At You've all. been listening to the Stretch Four podcast. You know where to find us online at stretchforpod.com. You're already listening. Yeah. So tell your friends about it. But follow us on Twitter at stretchforcast. Follow us on Instagram at stretchforpod. Follow Keenan. Follow me. And follow your heart when you hire a coach to take over your franchise and bring them up to the next stage of development and, you know, really follow your heart because the coach is is a, is a major decision that you're going to have to make. And you sure. want somebody who's going to have those open and honest discussions about your value to the team and to the open market. Yeah. Yeah. So follow your heart when you do that.